It is, it is recorded. So really weird and awkward. Okay. Okay. But there, here we are. Parsha Tazria. Um, before we get into Tazria, we have, I just want to, okay. Um, this week, we have something extremely unusual happening in Shul. We have a very unusual thing. We have to, we take out three Torah codes. And we also are going to be reading Parsha Tachodesh, the section of the, the, the whole, the, the mitzvah of, of, um, of Rosh Chodesh, right? So we have three separate things that we're, that we're reading this week, and each one deserves its own Torah scroll. So in a show that has enough scrolls, this is the first This is considered very, very special and it's very unique and doesn't happen often. Right before Parshish leading up to Pesach, the law is that um, they, they say, no, they say it's, it's written in a safer that was written by a Tana, Rabbi Shmuel Kain Gadol, that on a Shabbos, when you have three Torah scrolls that are being read, there's a great school, I don't know how you translate school, to when they open up the Aran Kaidish to have intention for blessings, that the things that people who need you sh- people who need any kind of salvation or brachas or specific whatever, when they open the Torah on a Shabbos that they're going to read three Torah scrolls, then there's like an extra special thing. And th- where I saw it, they also said that the the Gareb of the Pnei Menachem said that this is something that he saw and it actually like it's the words that were used is nas uh, uh, It was tested and really confirmed that this actually works. So. Okay, so this week we have three Torah scrolls. Now, obviously, in a show that does not have three Torah scrolls, what you would do is you'd roll the scroll in the middle. You'd finish the section, and you have to roll back to back or forth to wherever you need to move for the other parts. Most shows, um, well, a show you need to have at least one Torah scroll. You often have two. Sometimes you don't have three. Like there is, it's possible to have a show that does not have three Torah scrolls. And then, you know, you go to someplace like the Great Synagogue where they have like 75 Torah scrolls, you know? So there you have it. You know, it's, it's, it's an interesting conversation, you know? It's an interesting conversation because um, when you see like when a shul that has that many Torah scrolls, so like there's a great honor, people write Torah scrolls, they donate it to the shul. But like, if you have, if you're in a shul that literally has set 40 Torah scrolls, I don't know if they have 70, but like 40 Torah scrolls, most of them are just not really getting used. And Zoe raised a very good point that, you know, give it on loan, not distribute. It's, it remains the property of the original show, but, you know, let it be used instead of just sitting in, a, in an iron kaidish and, you know, opening once a year for, for Hakafis. And, you know, that's, you know, that's not halacha. That's my, that's my. Um, so what's going to happen when the Shia comes? All the tourists are going to be transported to Israel? We need all of them. What do you mean? What's the question? So when they're all transported to Israel, all the tourists are going to be distributed. Maybe the shows are going to come. But then there's all conversation. Well, please, God, it's going to happen soon. We'll see what's going to happen. That's going to be kind of awesome. Um, right? So that's the first thing that's going on this week. So that's that's very special. Three Torah scrolls is a very special and kind of rare occurrence. The other thing that's very interesting is that we have Parsha's Tazria on its own. It's a Parsha that's often doubled. Tazria and Mitzvah are often together. 
Um, they're not obviously because it's a leap year. So we, uh, so we're going to have, uh, so we're going to have, we're going to be short-ish kind of partial. Um, the other thing is just that this is our last class before Pesach break. And what's very interesting this year because of the setup of Pesach is that, um, is that after Pesach, this, okay, see, let me see if I can explain it clearly enough that it makes sense. The second days of Pesach start Thursday night. So Thursday night and Friday is Chag. In Chutz Laaretz, Friday night and Shabbos are Chag again. But in Israel, Friday night and Shabbos are not Chag anymore. It's just Shabbos. So we will be reading a different Torah portion because we will be reading the Shabbos portion. And in the diaspora, they're going to be reading the Chag portion because Pesach has a special reading for itself. It overrides the regular Shabbos. So we in Eretz Yisrael will be reading the Torah portion following in the order of Torah portions. In Chutzlar, they're going to be doing the Chag. And so they're, we're going to be one off for a few weeks. So that's just an interesting housekeeping message. Oh, and how many weeks and why did you get my So it's very interesting. You know, as, as, a, as a Chabadnik, one of the things that the period between Pesach and Shavuos is the sphere, it's the Omer period, and we talk about the whole thing with the students of Rabbi Akiva passing away. And, and one of the themes that the Rebbe spoke about a lot was Abbas Yisrael. It's like, Abbas Yisrael, Abbas Yisrael, that's the time for more Abbas Yisrael, da, 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 right? And I always feel like, basically what has to happen is that at a point where you would have two Torah portions that could be joined, we would jo we would not join it, and they would join it. So they would catch up, right? Let's say Tazriya Mitzorah. If we did Tazriya and then Mitzorah, and then next week they would do Tazriya Mitzorah, then we'd be together. So I was always like, so the first opportunity that we have after Pesach, we should get back together. But that actually is not what happens. And, uh, and when I looked into it the first time, uh, I looked into many times, and one of the things that I saw was that the, the Chachamim, when they divided the Torah portions, were very... ...concerned that for Shavuot, we, for Shavuot, we will get together, together before Shavuot. So I do not know what happened. I was following the calendar. We didn't get back together. I don't know the answer why that happened. I'm no. So I'm a little confused. Um, so we're saying Tazria. No, now we're all doing the same thing. We're all doing Tazria now. And next week, we're all going to do Mitzorah. Okay? Everybody. Everybody. And the Shabbos after is going to be... The Shabbos after is going to be Pesach. <laughs> I just did not say it out loud because I don't want to freak myself out. Mitzorah. And then Pesach. And, no, so Pesach, no, no, no. Pesach overrides Parsha. Every Chag, well, you could learn it on your own, but you're not going to read it. The first, we this year? Well, no, you don't. You don't skip it. You pause. So we pause regular Parsha, and then we, we do regular Parsha. And so the first Shabbos, the Pesach, everybody's going to do the Pesach reading. And then the second Shabbos, what's going to happen is that in diaspora, they're going to do Pesach reading, and we're going to do Shabbos reading. So we're going to pick up with Kedoshim. Okay. Whatever, I don't, whatever, I'm making it up. If we're Achremos, so Achremos and Kedoshim actually go together. So you would say, oh, so quickly we'll be together. No, 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 no. 
it's not happening like that. So it's going to take a while for us to catch up. What's the, you don't have to be confused. I'm just telling you. I'll tell you what you have to No, I'll tell you what's important to know. I'll tell you two things that's important to know. First of all, so I'll tell you, so I'll tell you, so I'll tell you what's, I'll tell you what's important to know. What's important to know is that, that every Hag overrides Shabbos. We pause Shabbos, the order of reading the Torah portions. We pause it for whatever the Hag is, and then we pick it up afterwards. What's going to happen this year is that Eretz Yisrael is going to pick it up differently than a diaspora. And at some point we will get together. And so, so what happens is, let's say, Pesach, you have two Shabbatot and you don't have Parsha, so you have people who will learn the Torah portion repeatedly until they get to the time that we read the Torah portion. So if you're in Israel, you basically have an extra week, right? Because the first Shabbos, you're not going to read it. The second Shabbos, we'll read it. And if you're in Chutzlaretz, you have an extra week to kind of review the Parsha that's coming up it's not coming up so fast okay but there's no technically there's no parsha of the week this week yes the week after that so pause the week after that in, in, in diaspora is it, no it's still pesach it's still pesach there's two shabbatot and chutzlarts it's, it's still pesach the second day is a pesach no the, no in america the second shabbos you're still doing Pesach reading, and, and then the Shabbos, after, uh, the Shabbos after. No, it's Achrimot. Just Achrimot. Correct. But if we were here. But in Israel, when you're reading Achrimot, we're already reading Kedoshim. We're already Parsha ahead of you. And we're going to only so catch up. Did you miss a Parsha or no? Yeah. Uh, I missed Kedoshim by coming back to Israel, right? When, whenever you come back, you're going to miss, you will, you will miss, a, you'll miss a Torah reading. Yes, you'll miss a Torah reading. Wow. And that took a lot more time than I thought it was going to take. I'm sorry. Okay, so here we are. Let's go into our Parsha. Has anybody had a chance to look at our Parsha? It is not the most fun Parsha. <laughs> huh? No, not Carbonot. We started, we started by Yikra. We started by Yikra with Carbonot. We ended up going, we kind of segued from there into the laws of Kashrut, right? That was in Shmini. We had the, we had the laws of Kashrut. And then we last week we had um, where were we last week yeah last week we had we had kashrut and the end of last week we started talking about uh, a little bit we spoke about um, uh, we finished off with kashrut but it talks a little about the uh, purifying um, things that become impure from food and blah 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 this week's Torah portion is going to start off first and foremost with a woman who gives birth and what happens, the state of Tuma that she has after she gives birth. And then the majority of this Parsha and the majority of the next Parsha talk about something called Tzarat, okay? Now, uh, we're gonna get into Tzarat in a second. Um, I wanna kind of, we'll do one thing, we'll, we'll, we'll try to make a little bit of Seder, but we're gonna talk about Tzarat, okay. Uh, so first of all, Torah says, like in the order of, of uh, hierarchy of importance or however you want to say it, we are working our way up to the human, the human race. What's going on? We have, uh, you know, we have animals that become and that's and the kosher and the not kosher and purity and impurity. And now we're saying, oh, and now we're up to the people. And now we're going to like talk about how, how do we, how do we, you know, how, how are people elevated or less elevated? And that's going to be sort of focusing on that. And, and we, we contrast it with creation, right? The whole world was created. Last creation is 
humanity, right? Adam is the last creature, uh, the last one created, and then I don't know how we get other they get split, but the meaning and and the Medrash talks about like the Hashem brings the human into a world that is ready. It's not, it's it's ready to start doing mitzvot, start engaging, start bringing Hashem into the world. And it's not like they use the expression, he comes into a set table. It's not like you come in, you have to start planting seeds and waiting years for it to grow. Like creation was ready and done. And so the, because the purpose of creation was for people to come and bring godliness into the world. Okay. Now the, the, the flip side of that, and, and Medra talks about it as well, is that what happens when we don't do what we're supposed to do? So then the Torah tells us that even a mosquito came before you. Like even a mosquito, you know, was created before you. Like you think you're so important, even mosquitoes came before you, right? Mosquitoes are always used in, 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 in the Torah as like the example of like, eh? because it's something that takes in and never gives off anything. We're not talking about how it bites, but it doesn't, it doesn't excrete anything. I don't know if that's biologically true or whatever we say, but that's what, that's what Torah says, that mosquitoes don't give off anything. Um, so they're really only takers or not givers. And so somebody who's... living up to their value system and working to make this better. Um, and if I'm like, eh, you know, we had all these, everything else, pref, you know, preceded you and don't think so highly of yourself. And so, but here we are now, and that's kind of where we are. We're in this place where now we're kind of working up to what's with people. So the first thing that we have over here is a woman giving birth. Now we know birth is beautiful. And if you ever want to hear good birth stories, come talk to me because I have lots of good birth stories. Um, uh, just as a random aside. For all the horror stories come speak to me. But there is, but there is a place of a loss of life, right? The, the fetus that was alive in the baby, in sorry, in the woman is now alive and not in the baby. And so there is a place of tuma, which we talked about. And I said, I don't really want to translate him into pure and impure because it doesn't sound very good. That sounds like a judgment call. Um, and and but there is there is this place of tuma, there is this place of inaccessible to holiness that has there is this place that. Tuma as not being a force on its own leeches off holiness. And so there, there was a place of this extra light and this extra neshama and this extra, you know, the shechina was there and everything. So now forces of unholiness are going to come to try to leech off. And so it creates a sense of Tuma in the woman once the baby is born. And there's... I'm not sure that I exactly understand that. Which part? Well, a lot of times Tuma is associated with like a loss of life. Right. You're just, correct. You, you correct. Correct. Quickly, but I'm not sure that I quite understand okay. why a child being born is a loss. Of because it it was in her. She had a life in her. That She's is losing the life. Correct. The life it, correct. The life is not lost. Okay. Right. I should have clarified the life. Thank God. Please God. Everybody should have healthy, healthy babies. The life is not lost, but her. I don't. I don't say possession of the baby is no longer okay is that why because the mother is female and the child is female, female babies in a longer period of yes not female babies mothers who give birth to girls right. it's not female babies you said female babies right but is that right if a mother gives birth if, to a female okay yes right, right. so it's going to start off and say if the woman gives birth to a boy she has i think a 33 day period now for us it's not relevant today 
because we don't have a temple. But if you want to go to the temple and bring a sacrifice and say, thank you, God, that I survived this experience. Thank you for my beautiful child. And I'm bringing a chathis for all the things I swore I would never, I was never going to do. So I'm going to bring one of those sacrifices as well. We don't have a temple. So that's not super relevant for us right now. What? Right at the beginning, uh, chapter 12. Um, uh, before this, it says right away, speak to uh, chapter two, when a woman, um, Tazria, you know, gives, gives, uh, gives birth, she has a, on the eighth day, we have a bris here, we have the mitzvah of giving, of circumcising the children, and then it says that for 30, 33 days, she can't, stays in this place, this place of Tuma, she cannot come to the base of Mikdash, and, um, and, she, and, and the, the conversation goes on about what she touches and what happens if she touches, blah, blah, blah. And if it's a girl, exactly like you said, Zoe, so it's a double amount of time because she's carrying someone who is capable of carrying someone. Oh. Meaning it's a double, right? Why was thinking more of like if she's a girl and the baby's a girl that they have like a deeper connection? Like it's more of like her life. I, I hear that, but no, it's, it's, it's no, more, it's more of the potential because the potential for this, this child to do, to, to be in, you know, to also yeah. give birth. Fun fact, biologically, um, we are born with all the eggs. That correct. And you're correct. So, correct. Literally, oh, literally, that's true. Literally, that's right. literally she could do it. She's yeah. ready. They're there. She got it. She got it. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. I never, I, I actually never put all those yeah. pieces together. That is, a, that is an interesting. It's not even just the potential. It's literally it's like that, Right, right. Well, well, it is all potential. Well, you know, yes. no meaning, meaning because because, you know, we take it as such a given that when I want to have a baby, I will please God with the right person. You know, blah blah blah, and 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 um, it's you know. It should always be that easy. Let's just say that's a bracha. It should just be that easy. Whenever you're ready and you have the right person, it should just be that easy. And we should all be blessed that it should be that easy. And we're not bringing, we're not even saying other options, but yes, exactly. So, oh, that's an, that's an interesting piece. I, I'm going to, I'm going to think about that. The um, Seder. So we start off with the, okay, we talk, we start off with the woman and giving birth and what happens. This is what she should bring as a sacrifice. What if she's not rich enough? What if she doesn't have enough, you know, resources to bring this kind of animal? What else could bring? Blah blah blah. And it gives a whole that that's sort of where that chapter ends. Yes. Yes. For a girl, she's she's contaminated for two. Not weeks. contaminated. It says contaminated. I'm not using their word. Okay, it, whatever. No, no, it's not whatever. Because contaminated makes she's it seems like she did something wrong. She's tame. She's, she's tame for two weeks, and then she, and then she, she has six, a sixty-six day period of work. Yes, it takes sixty-six days before she can go. To the base of Mikdash. Right. In that time, no, but she's not really actually in the process. She is until she. Now, I want to point out that you do not have an obligation, unless you're a Kohen, you do not have an obligation to get out of your state of Tumah, which is why we have the whole situation before Pesach when everybody has to come to the Beit HaMikdash, yada, make sure you're tahor, make sure you're tahor, and we have precious par and all that stuff that's going on, because you don't have an obligation it, 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 to live in a state of tahara, which is tahor, right? You don't have an obligation to live in that state, but you, in this particular case, she can't access that state of tahora or tahara until that amount of time has passed. Again, it's not relevant for today because we're not going to the temple. So it's it's a different conversation. Okay.
And then we have, uh, and then we then we um, segue, not even segue, then the next thing that opens up is, uh, look inside, chapter 13. So Hashem says to Moshe and to Aaron, and there's a whole conversation of why Hashem says this to Moshe and to Aaron. Um, we'll present some some answers, possibly. And it says, Adam ki or besaro, a person who has on their flesh, se'et or sapachet, and I'm going to guess that most of these chumashim uh, are not translating it, correct? They're just se'et or sapachet or baheret, right? or besaro, Okay, it'll be all these words that are not being translated. And they're going to be, so maybe that's why Aaron is mentioned this now, right? He's brought to Aaron, the, the, the priest, or to one of the his sons who are the who are going to be the priests. It's going to happen in the later in, in all three generations. Okay. Um, uh, so and let, let's read a little bit more. Emily, read for us in Gimel. Go. You can do it in English, it's fine. Okay. Um the Kohen shall look at the affliction on the skin of his flesh. If hair in the affliction has changed to white, the affliction's appearance is deeper than the skin of the flesh. It is a Tsaris affliction. The Kohen shall look at it and declare him contaminated. Okay, now we're not going to go into all the rest of the conversation. The rest of the conversation is very interesting for one reason. It is so detailed. It is so detailed. Do you know how detailed the laws of Shabbos are in the Torah? Not very, really not very. It doesn't, <laughs> what? It doesn't describe what your tefillin look like in, in the Torah. Like there's so much that's not described in detail. And right here we have two full Torah portions. And if and when we saw, talk about a partial, like a section, there are 10 sections that talk about all the various forms of tzarat. They could be, uh, red and scabby and white and pale and you know really like it's kind of like couldn't you just do this like Shabbos like if you have this wear the oral tradition somebody will know what to do and, and right like it's so detailed in fact one of the early commentators say you don't need any more information other than what's written in the Torah it is all spelled out so clearly for you Okay, so I want to not go into the thing because I am a little bit uh, squeamish. So we're not going to go into all the details of the white hairs and the dead skin and the pussy and the, we're not going to go into all those details, but I want to talk about it a little bit. Okay, so first of all, what happens? What happens is, is that the Kohen comes to check out this person and the Kohen isn't sure that it could be this Tsaras situation, could be Tsaras, not sure. So what's the first thing that they do? They say, Familiar WordPress in 2022. Quarantine. <laughs> Quarantine for a week. And, and then the coin's going to come after a week and check it out again. And then if he's if it's moved in one direction or the other, it could either be um it can it can it can either be um uh it will either be now Tahar and it's nothing or it's Tameh and we start the purification process. Or he gets another week of quarantine or he or she gets another week of quarantine and then we check it out then. Now, uh, what do... So sorry, if there's building, I told the driver to come here let him be in touch with you closer to because they might not be working at that late. Okay. He's coming at six. Right now there's construction. Okay. okay. Um, sorry. Um, uh, quarantine now different than quarantine uh, that we know. A mitzora has to quarantine by them 
self? The person who has Surat or the suspected person entirely alone. alone. They do not get to sit with other people who have Surat. They do, they are sent. If you remember, uh, did we talk about the camp in the, in the desert? We had the camp of the, we had the Mishkan was in the middle. We had the Levites around. We have the Israelites around. The Mitzvah was sent out of everything. It's the only thing sent out by yourself out of everything, like a, a, a not walking distance, you know, away from everybody by yourself. There are no leper colonies for the for a mitzvah, for for Tzarat. It's every single person by themselves. And I would venture to say that you don't get Wi-Fi and a phone. Could that be dangerous for like people going on? There's people there's people going around. There are there is that you know it's not they're not worried you know you're not worried they're going to drop dead of starvation. God forbid you know obviously they're taking care of them to some you know there's some to some degree. But the point of it is that surat is it is a physical disease. It is a physical affliction, but it is not a physical disease. Okay, it is a physical manifestation of a spiritual disease. And it is not contagious. Want to hear how not contagious it is? There are certain times that the Kohanim do not look to see if somebody has saras. They do not look in times of holiday. They do not look if they if, if somebody just got married. A chassan and a kala for the week of Sheva Brachas, they do not look. If it's contagious, just by not looking doesn't mean you're not going to make everybody sick. It is not at all contagious. The person can walk all around Jerusalem. We are not, the, the office is closed. We are not looking at any kind of lesions to see what you, you think, you know, you have an expert who says for sure this is. The expert can only diagnose it. The expert cannot call it. The expert cannot call Tame, cannot say to the other person, you are Tame, and now you have to start the purification process. The expert cannot do that. The only person who can do that is the Kohen. And the Talmud tells us there are certain times Kohanim do not look. They do not look at the lesions to see what's going on. Because they say, you have your, this is the wedding. This is your Sheva Brachot. Now is Pesach. Now is Rosh Hashanah. It's Chagim. We're not looking now. So if it was something contagious, <laughs> you know, you don't get the liberty of saying, ah, we, we just won't look. We'll pretend nothing happened. It's not at all that. It's, it's, it's very, very much uh, uh, a physical manifestation of a spiritual situation. And that's why it's not contagious. It doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter that you delay looking at it. Now it could be, okay. I want to pause for a second. I want to say, I want to say a few things. Um, and I hope I try to, I try to, I'm going to try to remember everything that I want to say. So first of all, I want to say that um, there's a conversation about why does a Kohen have to be the one to call a person to make? It's interesting, by the way, it's just an interesting that um, that the, the Talmud says that if you have a Kohen who does not know the laws, uh, you need to have you need to have a chacham, a wise person, to identify it, that it is in fact Saras, but you need to have a, a Kohen to say that the person is Tame. And the Talmud says that if you have a if you have an area where you have Somebody who's, you know, you have your specialist and they know all the situation, they know all the, the, the difference between what's a regular contagious lesion and what's a saras and what's a this and what's a that. They could tell the Kohen, say Tame. 
The Kohen has no idea. He doesn't know. He could be a minor. He could be somebody who's, you know, mentally not fully, you know, in present. And so they're halachically exempt from mitzvot. Um, and, and he can still do this. He can still call The Kohen is the only one who can call it. So the sages are like, that's weird. That doesn't make any sense. Like, why the Kohen? Why can't you get If this person is the expert, let the expert call it. Like the expert, it's like they have no idea. They have no idea. If they're going, they are. They're the ones who are going to do this. So, so they explain that the Kohanim have a very interesting mitzvah. What is anybody know? What is one of the preeminent mitzvot of a Kohen? And it's we still do it today. What do Kohanim do? Yeah, yeah, they bless the people. They bless the people. Does anybody know what bracha a Kohen makes when he blesses the people? Right? So the bracha that a Kohen makes when he blesses the people is, you know, like all Mrs. Baruch Hashem Asher Aharon, who has sanctified us with the holiness of Aharon, Vitzivanu, and commanded us, Levarech et Amo Yisrael. Ba'ahava, and commanded us to bless the people with love. And the, 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 in the Shulchan Aruch it says, a Kohen who does not like his community or the community does not like him cannot get up to give the bracha. There is a, pre, a prerequisite that before you bless the people, you have to, you have to love them and they ha- you have to be beloved of them. Parenthetically, one of, I think Rabbi Soloveitchik says that the bracha that he's giving is the blessing of love because the biggest bracha you could give is that we should have love between each other. So that the, the, we're blessing, we're blessing the Jewish people with love, not only that they have to, got it? Okay. So before, so, 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 and Hasidus explains this and, you know, extrapolates further that before you say you're no good, you need to be separated from absolutely everybody, not just your family and not just your friends and not just your community, but even other people who share your issue, you need to be by yourself. We need to know that 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 pronunciation is coming from a place of love because if it's coming from a place of judgmentalism, if it's coming from a place of arrogance, if it's coming from a place of superiority, it doesn't make a difference. The Chacham who knows I, I know I could say tame, tame, tame from today until tomorrow. If I am not a Kohen, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. And we talk about what do we walk away? What is our lesson to walk away with is first and foremost, how do we look at other people? And, and we, it's, it's so hard to look at other people all the time with love. I'm going to be honest over here. Maybe it's being recorded. I shouldn't, I should just lie and say it's so easy. You know, it's really not, it's really not. And it's, but it's something that we need to strive for. And, and I think specifically in an age of marketing, before we label another person, before we judge another person, we need to say, whoa, where's this coming from? Is this coming from a place of love? Is this coming from a place of, I only want the best for you? Or is this my fears being manifest out of my mouth on you? And if that's the case, then, and this is, I think, the important, A, we shouldn't do it, okay? Yeah, obviously. But I want to say for us, 
when we're on the receiving end of judgment and we're on the receiving end of filling all the blanks and we know it's not coming from a place of love, it's coming from a place of fear, it's coming from a place of anger, it's coming from a place of exhaustion, we have to know it has no bearing on us. It means nothing, nothing. When somebody says something to us and they judge us and they say, you don't belong, you should get out of here and you should not be part of how dare you, if they aren't saying it from a place of loving us and caring for us, then their words are irrelevant. And it doesn't matter who they are. They could be the wisest person. They could be the smartest person. If they're not coming to you from a place of, I care about you and what's good for you and how you behave and you are better and I love you so much, then it doesn't matter what they say. And I want to give us a bracha to ignore all those comments. It's very hard. It's very hard. You know, I, my sister and I say all the time, how come when somebody says to us, um, you know, you're, you're, you're fat, stupid, and ugly, like we just buy their narrative, right? We know we, we're not really. But when they say, oh my gosh, you look, you look so good. That was such a great speech you did. That's so beautiful. You did such an amazing thing. We're like, yeah, no, oh, this old dress. Oh. I'm like, why? Why? What is wrong with us? We are crazy people. We are crazy people. And I want it to stop. I want it to stop. We need to stop accepting everybody's condemnation and not accepting their, their compliments. Now, I want to just say, we, it, it, it's, it's such a bracha to be able to receive a compliment. And it's so hard for us. Um, even when we, even when we're like, you know, yeah, we want, we want to tell us, tell us, tell us. there's a part. It's like, kind of like, ah, you know, um, but I think, I think we have to really learn from the Kohen to only accept only accept when it's coming from love. You know, we could kind of like, really, that, that's really what we have to know. A, we have to know to give from a place of love, but B, we have to know only to receive when it's being, me, when it's being given to us from a place of love. That's all that counts. Because if it's not, the Chacham could say that this person belongs out of the camp from today until tomorrow. Nobody has to move one iota because it's not coming from the love. It's not coming from a place of love. And it has, in Hebrew we say, it holds no space. It is irrelevant. So that's the end of my rant on that point for now. Okay. But I think it's a very important rant because, um, you know, it's always like the intuitive thing to say, oh, judge people favorably and be nice and be loving. But you know what? You need to know how to receive and not to take every single thing that people are giving to us and saying, oh, that's the God's truth. Maybe it is and maybe it's not. And if it's not, then just say goodbye. I'm not listening. You know, it's because because it chips away. All those comments chip away at us, and they chip away at our confidence, and they chip away at our feelings of self worth. And and we should not allow that. We mamash. We should not allow that. And and it has to stop. So that's the end of my rant right now. Um, so that's my that's our Kohen. Okay, that's one thing I want to talk about. I would say we're doing fine for time, but we're kind of a little bit, you know, we, are, we really are, we're doing fine for time. Um, um, okay, so one's over the coin. The other thing that I want to talk about, first, I want to talk about this saras thing a little bit, because, okay, if it's a spiritual, if it's a physical manifestation of a spiritual issue, what's the issue? <laughs> what's the deal? What could we do that would, that would uh, get us this, uh, yeah? The deal is everything that you were saying to not let, 
everything that the deal is is what is the judgment that people are are you know you were saying they're judging you and don't do that it's not with the love that the person that's lost was doing that right so the question is what exactly were they doing a yes that's possible but the talmud actually gives lots and lots and lots of different options for why a person would get sarat okay um and one of the thing what there's it talks about people who are stingy about people all different kinds of things there's all the murder all different kinds of things that they had but one of the common themes that comes up all the time and sort of becomes the most held on to why do we get sarat anybody Anybody over here? Why do you get Sarat? What causes Sarat? Lashon Hara. Lashon Hara. Talking bad. Wait, you said this is the, the one that comes up the most, or like it's a common theme, or? Both. Both. Like, Meaning every. Didn't you say murder? So they talk about murder. It, they give different reasons. What like could it be? Murder with Lashon Hara? No, 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 no. Oh, there's, there's like murder. options. There's a. I'm going to murder you. I want to talk about you. Yeah. There, you got it, you know? Right. So it's not necessarily that every single thing. It's exactly. It's not that you have Lashmara, but that it's a No, there are the the Talmud discusses what kind of behavior could cause somebody to get sarat. Mm-hmm. So they say somebody who's stingy, somebody who murders, somebody. There's a whole panel, a bunch of things, you know. But the thing that everybody talks about, like when they list, it could be this, could be this, it could be this, and everybody always mentions. Everyone agrees. Everybody agrees on the Lashon Hara situation, okay? Which I have to say, in a in our generation, that is such a hard thing. It's like it's probably the biggest situation, you know, like that we don't understand how is it possible to have generations that actually don't speak Lashon Hara. You know what I mean? Like, what would you do with Twitter and Facebook and all the magazines at the supermarket? Like, where would they all go? You know, um, Twitter's a bad example. Uh, Whatever, it's it's easy access to saying things about people that, not everything, obviously, but I'm just saying, you know. Um, um, so it's interesting. So it's interesting. Uh, what's the deal with this? This what's the what, what's this idea with Lashon Hara? Like, what is, you know? So so it says that the the word a mitzora, if you break it up, let's see if we find where it has the word mitzora. Uh, um, I'm not actually seeing it right away. Um, so the the word mitzora is a word of you could break it up into two words, and it literally means motzi ra. If you could see the word saras is uh, is sadik resh ayin tough, but if you put a mem in the beginning, so you have a mitzora without the tough. Does that make sense? So if you change it, you'd have Motira, who brings out the bad. Okay? And the Talmud says Motish Shemra, it brings out a bad name, talks badly about other people. The Mitzora is the person who brings out bad in other people, brings talks badly about other people. That's where we have this concept of, of Lashon Hara. Now, what's interesting, what's interesting is that our our store, our talk, our talk about the of the that. I talk about this Mitzora. It talk. It is introduced right in, in chapter tw- chapter thirteen, verse two. A person who has on their skin this, and it starts discussing different kinds of lesions and different kinds of stuff and things. 
And so a lot of the commentators are like, what's an Adam? What is an Adam? So the early, you know, in, in, you know, in, in the Medrash, it talks about Adam just means a human being, a person. And, and then some, some, some in the Gemara talks about Adam refers to Jewish people and how old can you be? And it's, it's a whole conversation about what's going on. The Zohar says that there are four levels of people. There are not four names for people, but there are four levels for people. And of the four levels or the category, categorizations of people, Adam is the highest level, right? You have Adam, you have Ish, you have Gever, you have Enosh. We have all different kinds of words that all mean a person, right? So the Zohar says, Adam, that's somebody who has everything together. They're physical, they're spiritual, they're emotional, they're intellectual. They got it all together. That's an Adam. And, and they bring the proof quote that Hashem created in the embraces, Adam. Hashem created the person, Adam. And the Hasidic talks about Adam the person who is created in the image of God, right? Hashem says, We made you in the image of God. So Adam is like a really up there person. And so now we're saying, huh? How'd you get to a situation that you're doing something that's getting you out of the camp with everybody, right? Like, how did that happen? You know, where, where did that happen? And so one of the things that is explained in Hasidus is that you actually need to be quite refined slash spiritually sensitive to get such a thing. You do not get, you know, my daughter was always complaining to me that her, even when she washes her floor, it's like the old Israeli tiles of like these mushy gray and, you know, those tiles. She's like, even when she washes them, it still looks dirty. Like it doesn't matter. If you wash the floor, it still looks dirty. It's clean, but it just looks dirty. Somebody who is spiritually stained, I'm going to talk Lashon Hara. It's like, it's not, it's not even going to know. You're not going to see it. It doesn't matter. It's not going to, not that it doesn't matter. It's not going to show up. It's, you need to be spiritually sensitive enough to get a reaction. Notice none of us are getting Taras today, right? Not because we're not talking Lashon Hara, but because we're just not spiritually sensitive enough to, you know, I don't want to say we're staying because that, that sounds judge, you know, kind of judgmental, but I think we're just not spiritually sensitive enough to, you know, as, you know, anybody here have any food, aller, food allergies? You eat something, you're it'll it you know it'll do really not good to you. I can eat the same thing, not gonna make a difference because you have a sensitivity to something. We do not have a sensitivity to spirituality anymore. You know, I would love maybe for all of you it works, but for me, you know that when we dive and we actually really feel like we're talking to Hashem. You know, when we do mitzvahs, we actually felt that we are changing the world with our mitzvahs. You know, we, we know it, we believe it, we learn about it. We learn about the light that we're bringing when we do a mitzvah. You know, do we actually see it? Let's say, you know, to see all of those pieces. Don't have the ability to feel when we're slightly off. And what happens is it talks about here, that this person who gets something, and first of all, um, in, in Hasidus it explains, it's be'or b'sarov, 
It's very surface level. This is not a deep rooted issue. This is very, very surface for the person. And so what do we do? It's Hashem's way of tapping the person on the shoulder and saying, you're a little off track. Let's, let's recalibrate, you know, let's recalibrate. It's not, this is not a deep issue. This is not severe. And the first thing that, that the Cohen is going to say when he's not sure, he's going to say, go into who you are and what you're doing. And if you've actually thought about it and done shuva, then when the Cohen comes back, it's gone or it's on the way to healing. And it's no longer, it's not a question of it. Is it Tamei or not? No, it's not Tamei. It's, it's the, the work is done. You've got the message. And if you, um, and if you're, if it's, you know, get another week of quarantine, see what's going on. If we pay attention to the signs that we're being given, then, then, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's not a te- I mean, it would be a terrible thing if it happened for us because we just, we'd never get out of, <laughs> I'd never get out of, I'd never get out of quarantine, but whatever. But, um, but you know, so if we were spiritually sensitive enough that we could get a little tap on our shoulder and say, and God said, come, 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 come. That's not the direction you need to be heading in. And the truth of the matter is every single person sitting around this table felt a tap on their shoulder that said, let's redirect, let's recalibrate, let's get you to someplace else. You're, you know, and that's why you're all sitting at this table because you've all recalibrated because this isn't on anybody's trajectory to, to spend time here. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so that's one thing about listening to the, the calls. And the other thing that I want to say, is actually a little bit of riffing off for next week's Parsha, but in next week's Parsha, we learn that Saras actually has stages. Okay, and the first place you get saras would show up on a house, on a stone house in Israel, whatever. There's qualifications. Okay, so saras would come up on a, on a house. The next place it would show up would be on a garment, and the next place it would show up would be on yourself. And on a spiritual level, you know, something goes wrong in a house. We could say, "Oh, it's not me. I, uh, it's somebody else in this house's issue. Like I'm fine. I didn't, you know, me. I'm causing this. No, 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 no. I, I'm not. No, it's not me." We so many people live here. It's like, what's fine. Then what happens when you pull out your favorite sweater or your leather coat and then it has some saras on it? So it's like, I mean, you borrowed it last week. <laughs> Somebody else used it. I'm not the only one who touches only my stuff, right? Our 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 our, our ability to fool ourselves is infinite, right? So we could now if we would stop it earlier, we'd say, oh my gosh, uh you know, Taras in the house, let's, whoa, let's, let's take some time out. Let's think about this. Let's, you know, meditate and do some chuba and see what's going on. It wouldn't progress. Right. And the question, the same thing with the clothing. Okay. Got a little, okay. We didn't, uh, you know, but if we ignore the signs and when it shows up on our hands, when it shows up on ourselves, it's, it's, uh, you know, then it's, it, we shouldn't be totally shocked when it happens. Right. It shouldn't be so totally shocking. So I, I want to give us a, a, the blessing of it in reverse that we should be sensitive to seeing God's hand in our life. We should be sensitive to seeing Hashem's kindness and love and goodness and gentle guidance so that we don't have to get hit over the head with the rock in a metaphorical you know, thing uh, before we say, oh, you're talking to me. Oh, okay, now I'm listening, right? We should be open to hearing the messages when they come in. 
this Shabbos is Rosh Chodesh. Okay, we're actually stepping into the first day of the month of Nisan. Month of Nisan is miracles upon miracles. It's it's a it's a time that's set for miracles. We should be blessed to see those personally in our lives, in our collective life, in the life of the Jewish people as a whole. We should be blessed to have only goodness and kindness. And in a funny way, we should be blessed to be spiritually sensitive enough that we could get Saras. Mm-hmm. Have an awesome rest of the day. Thank you.